0: You're listening to or watching the games true Doc is microcast. I'm James Batchelor. And I am joined, as ever, by Chris Dring. How are you, sir?
1: I'm. I'm doing all right. Yeah, technically you- a day off, but I, I couldn't <laughs> I had, had to come in for the microcast. I, I
0: do, do appreciate. It. I very much appreciate your dedication. Um, I, quick question before we dive in, though. Like, so, there was a story I kind of want to get your thoughts on. Um, the Embracer layoffs uh, have now reached IDOS Montreal. Ninety seven people laid off. We we can dig deeper into the, you know, the Embracer, ongoing Embracer saga. But out of this it came that um uh, a Deus Ex game has been in development for two years and has been cancelled. I kinda wanna get your thoughts on A, like your thoughts on the Deus Ex franchise as a you know, viable IP, but B like you know, your thoughts on like, you know, yes another you know, this is the, the IP potentially on hiatus again.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I. you talk, there's so much you can say about Embracer <laughs> and the sort of corporate vandalism of it and the disaster this has been. Um, But there's something, there's something else to say, which is that I don't understand how some of these projects got greenlit. Now, I don't know how long Deus Ex was in development for, but. Two um, years, reportedly. Yeah, so, but I, I was that before or after the sale? I don't know. The, um. Yeah. That's true. the, the, because I, you know, DSX isn't the worst fender of it, but it's not a very successful series. The um, um, the last one didn't do very well. Um, immersive sim genre is not do, particularly in the AAA end of things. Mm. Isn't isn't performing particularly well at the minute. Um, so I'm a little bit, you know, I, I think DSX obviously is a great franchise and there's some amazing games, but I don't know why you that you go down the route of building a full new Deus Ex over. A, I mean, I just much you like the game and it's it's and it's not it's not that old a franchise. I think the more egregious one for me was Time Splitters.
0: Yes, and I was, I, I, like, Yeah.
1: Like, for me, Time Splitters is like it. it, it it's a fact. Fr- nobody bought it, the the third game in the series. Famously underperformed. That game came out in two thousand and five. <laughs> so is <laughs> and and and, and I, I love Time Splitters. It's actually one of my favorite game series. And the thought of it coming back was really exciting to me when I found out they were not just bringing it back. They're rebuilding the free radical design team and and rec- but a part back of my mind going, is this Weiss? Mm. like is this is this should you should we not maybe maybe farm off the game to night dive a, a, a remaster for Time Spits 2 or something to, to yeah. night dive studios who can do these sort of things or even dam buster studios which embrace already owned and is in fact the former Crytek utk company which is of course the former free radical design um team so they sort of had that you know i just don't know why they didn't go down that route rather than go into mm. the four it felt to me like a fanboy sort of commission that project I really love Time Splitters I want to see a Time Splitters 4 I'm going to rebuild one of my favourite studios and then and then get them to work on it and look I'm, I think it's terrible what's happened to that team and I'm really gutted. and Matt again genuinely was really looking forward to that game and, and obviously loads of people lost their jobs but I did I just wonder where, where how does that green lit like you see a lot of games that sort of come out and you sort of know they're probably they're, they're, they might have a rough ride like Hyenas and yeah. Creative Assembly I think we all felt it was going to have a rough ride before it came out before it was cancelled sorry but I to, at least I understood how that was greenlit. It ticked the trend boxes. It sort of was mm. the mark, you know, when it was commissioned, the market was heading in that direction. So I got what, you know, I get my suicide squad, the big conversation this week. I understood why that was greenlit. Um, and, and cause it, you know, and it might do very well. It's, it's not out yet. Um, let's not, um, I hope it does do well. But um, um, I, I don't understand how you, you go from, oh, time split is dormant IP let's do a full new game with a new, a new AAA studio. Um, yeah. And there's no middle ground. There's no middle bit. I mean, maybe I'm being wrong. I mean, well,
0: no, I'm with you because like that seemed to be Embracer's MO originally when it, was, when it was just THQ Nordic and it hadn't formed this massive kind of Embracer group. Um, or certainly in the early days, Embracer. The MO seemed to be dusting off all these old IP that it, it had bought Doing remasters or re-releases or whatever, you know, we had Destroyer Humans, we had like you know the De Blob games were dusted off and, and re-released to kind of gauge whether or not there's demand for them, yeah. which then led to a new Dark for example. So yeah, you would have thought in Mm-This case, you would have thought, yeah, let's 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 remaster the original trilogy and see if people want it. Activision did that with Crash Bandicoot, and that led to Crash Bandicoot Four. With Deus Ex, I wonder, like, um, so I reportedly been in development for two years. It's been about 18 months since um, Embracer bought uh, Crystal Dynamics and iDust Montreal yeah. and all kind of square. So I don't know where the time, whether that was already in development before they bought it or whether it was an embraced decision. If it was an embraced decision, I wonder if it was kind of a right, we've bought these uh, studios, we've bought all this big IP, we need to do something with these IP. I mean, there's yeah. already a two, th- it was a month and I think, and they announced there was a new Tomb Raider in development. Deus Ex, I think, was an interesting one because. It's a really storied franchise, but as you say, it hasn't ever performed particularly well. I mean, the original one is is kind of held up there. It, it's very well renowned I can never remember how well it sold. Um, Invisible human, War...
1: H- human Revolution did well.
0: Human like Revolution <laughs> did well. Mankind Divided did not. Invisible War did not. So it kind of, it, it's been up and down in terms of um, commercial performance, but equally I can see Embracer looking at Deus Ex, of the IP they bought, looking at Deus Ex and thinking, right, this is the one that has kind of the prestige that we want to kind of you know get a bit more notice get a bit more attention potential demand obviously you know regardless whether it's started pre or post um, Embracer if it's been in development for you know two years that's post cyberpunk so I wonder if someone has said well look yeah. cyberpunk cyberpunk turned out okay maybe the original cyberpunk yeah. game get dusted uh, off
1: and, and and I'm being unfair like you know you were moving yeah. into speculation sort of now but you know you know uh, there's an element of you know, I got the same thing. You know, when Microsoft commissioned a Perfect Dark game, right? Yeah. And and a part of me goes, would they not be better off doing a new shooter because the only people who are the Perfect Dark brand resonates with is people who are nearly 40 um who, are, yeah. who played the game back in 2000 so but but you know sometimes if you've got an ip that you know can give you a bit more attention you know if skylanders started off with spyro and stuff yeah like that, i'm being a bit harsh and maybe you know and i'd also argue that time splits was quite a unique shooter in its in its mm. in its way that you know it sort of fate has faded away in recent years that sort of um, sort of arcadey um multiplayer co-op local multiplayer sort of experience and I, and I think maybe there was a room for those sort of games and I can understand how it went from that it just I guess it points that period of excess though right you know from yeah. a pure business numbers perspective you'd look at something like Deus Ex you look at something like Time Speakers and go yeah this isn't this is not the you know the odds are against this working <laughs> but when there's so much money floating around and everything's you know the numbers are going up as high and fast as they were you sort of go, oh, yeah, go with, go with it, and I think that's that, and that's that's part of what we're seeing. It's not just um, the the app period of excess wasn't just hiring loads of people and opening loads of studios and buying loads of things. It was commissioning projects that actually mm. probably wouldn't have got commissioned if things were a bit tighter, which they are now. Yeah,
0: I think I, my last thought on this is like my concern, my growing concern with Embracer, um, and indeed any of the companies like going through really tough times at the moment is. The sheer amount of IP they own that has this kind of history, like I am, I'm absolutely all for. Like the industry needs new IP. It needs new IP. We can't just rely on the same franchises over again. It's kind of a shame that we don't see more new IP at AAA, and when we do, it doesn't necessarily do particularly well. But equally, there are kind of I think historically relevant IPs that I do want to see continue. Time Splitters, Deus Ex fanboy moment but Thief obviously I'd love to see Thief continue like and that got brought up in the same transaction like my worry is that you know Di- Deus Ex was already on hiatus after Mankind Divided struggled despite the fact that when Mankind Divided was announced they, they announced like they were gonna do a whole universe of projects and there was gonna be a, a whole cross-media thing and um, Deus Ex was already on hiatus they've apparently tried to get it going again and now it's gone will it come back again same with Time Splitters I
1: think it's a shame mm-hmm. to lose part of the industry's history Juicy. Well, I don't, I don't. I don't think these things are lost. Like, I no, think, you know I guess. It's the, these these things. You know, it happens in every other medium. You know, bands don't exist anymore that were around twenty, thirty years ago. It's, it's, yeah. The music does. The music still does. We still listen to it. We still play it. And I think it's just a matter of making sure we bring that stuff with it. An actual fact in this current market where. People are trying to be more sustainable and actually make profit and deliver money. I actually expect a lot of these games that, are, that people that, that came out 20 years ago will get dusted off. And whether mm. that's launched into subscription services, Nintendo Switch Online or whatever, or, um, or, you know, brought back out. You know, we've got studios like Night Dive that are knocking out in pretty good remasters mm. of sort of shooters. Not in pretty good, very good. Um and um in quite quickly with quite small teams, like it is these these are these are ways for the industry not to make it's not gonna change the world. But you, you quite hit the nail on the head, right? You know, if look at the biggest selling games. Even the biggest engagement based games, the games that are top of the mobile store, top hmm. they're all the same games and they have been for like five years. Every now yeah. and again you get an elden ring or whatever break in. And of course we had Hogwarts Legacy last year, but even that was Harry Potter. Like it just and don't be wrong it's not like we're doing much better than hollywood but even tv constantly reinvents itself they constantly go right game of thrones is done okay they move on to house of dragon but but you sort of <laughs> they they but they move on to some other stuff and you're stranger things and then it's you know we see these big lost and all throughout the history of these big tv shows that like x-files they come along they do a thing they move on to the next one mm-hmm. and in games we seem to be stuck in a sort of the same titles dominating dominate stuff and i don't think that's good for the industry's overall future growth um no and um Um, But anyway, that's almost a different subject. It (laughs) is. It is a different subject.
0: It is. And I'm going to move us on to a different subject, because there's uh, a couple of really big stories this week that I did want to talk about. We ended up talking about that longer, slightly longer than I (laughs) planned to. But but it was interesting. So, right. Um, Oh, my voice went higher there than it should have done. Let's crack on with some uh, much bigger news. So, first I kind of want to talk about Apple. Um, Apple has made changes to iOS and the way iOS is gonna work in order to comply with the Digital Markets Act in Europe. So the European Union's Digital Markets Act I think comes into full effect this year and as such like Apple has to make changes. These changes only apply to Europe, they don't necessarily apply to US or any other market. Um, The two big ones were it's going to allow, uh, alternative app stores is uh, gonna be allowed on iOS now. so you know, Epic, store, Epic gets its wish, it can launch the Epic Game Store and I think it has already essentially announced it's going to launch an Epic Game, uh, game Store on iOS and bring Fortnite back to iOS later this year. However, Apple has changed the terms of their, their, their business terms and switching to new terms where you can use alternative distribution and payment processing or different app stores means that Apple is still entitled, according to its terms, to a 17% take of all transactions this goes up to 20% if you still want to use the App Store's payment processing. They did a similar thing with um, the US like this is separate from the Digital Markets Act but following the uh, Epic versus Apple, uh, the rejection of the Epic versus Apple appeals by the uh, Supreme Court um, they've said that yes you can now use alternative or payments on uh, iOS so you can direct people to your own website and they can buy virtual currency directly from you but any transactions made after going through that link give you uh, entitled Apple to a 27% uh, commission which is only 3% shorter than the 30% that Apple was trying to avoid. Um, they have also cleared the way for streaming apps so previously they've um, been blocking things like Xbox game passes, cloud streaming and Google Stadia. May it rest in peace. Um, they were blocking these apps. They weren't allowing streaming apps for video games because they argued there were many arguments, and it's always used, it always usually comes down to like security and privacy. Their argument was we can't review every game individually on these services, so we can't allow them. Um, never mind that that doesn't seem to work for you know movie or TV streaming or music streaming, etc. But for games, it was a problem. Um, they've now opened it up that you can introduce a streaming service to iOS, you can you know, bring a Stadia-like or a Game Pass Cloud Gaming app to Apple. And um, there's a few kind of caveats, nowhere near as bad as the uh, 27% or 17% commissions, but it's things like you need to uh, go through, like, there's certain review processes you have to go through to ensure that all the games on your thing are compliant, but by and large, this opens it up. On the surface, Apple has complied with the laws, as it should, and has opened up its platform. But there's so many kind of um, caveats here and fees yeah. there, like the backlash. Like uh, Tim Sweeney, uh, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney, I loved his. Uh, <laughs> he described the new policy as a devious new instance of malicious compliance. Um, and then even like Sarah Bond, uh, Xbox boss as a or you know Xbox exec has she's come out like uh, I think today or yesterday, and she's said like yo, this is absolutely a step in the wrong direction that Apple has taken. Um,
1: yeah. She was a um, little bit more political in her language. But she, yeah. was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was, yes. Um, um, and Sarah Bond is, is, is very, very good with that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, here's the thing I think this is. That, that we live in. I understand people can try and compare its situation to consoles and how Apple closing down its platform, protecting its platform. And I actually understand that position that Apple's taken. But we live in a duopoly in mobile, right? There are two mobile operators. Mm. Um, competition is really. I think competition is really needed in mobile. Um, in order to drive the market for games and for most things um i think um and i think apple is just doing everything it can to frustrate the process at the minute i think it's inevitable i just think it's going to happen you know it's going they they will they, they, and it's just and this all has to go back and yeah. and the eu will go now this isn't what we meant and it's like and it's a and um but um obviously they're trying to frustrate the process the whole thing's taking far longer than i think the industry was hoping it would mm. um developers broadly speaking you know apple's obviously a great platform and but they've never overly been loved by the games industry um mainly because they've always felt that apple doesn't really care too much about software yeah. and games they've always used it as a means to sell their hardware rather than um the other way around so um but it's um it's a uh it's it's yeah I, it does feel like we're just we're gonna be we're gonna they're going to be difficult with this and we're going to be yeah. as difficult as we possibly can because obviously it potentially loses the money but i think in the long term you know you live in a world where there's two mobile operators we have mobile manufacturers we're gonna to have to move we're gonna to have to move to a position where people can compete on that platform just like you can compete with pcs and you can you know mm. different you know different um internet explorers can be on all that kind of stuff you just need to be able to make that possible and um i'm sure there's a way to sort of overcome those security concerns it's just um and I think it's important i think it's important i think it's important for xbox to have a store on there i think it's important for epic to have a store on there and i mean i think it's important for those things to actually be able to compete with with apple's own um and mm. um, um but i also I, you know and i just feel like i feel that this whole thing is just dragging on but i do actually <laughs> think it's one of the opportunities for the games industry we talk about the games industry going for a hard time but i think um you know the opening up of the app stores will be a major boost to the industry um mm. not necessarily immediately but over time if it's yeah, if if it's opened up enough and it's
0: it's done right, absolutely. Like I think I think that can be a good. That can only be a good thing. I think, like you say, like Apple are doing their very very best to kind of frustrate the process, as you say. Like, is the you know all these kind of extra commissions and like the, I mean the faff of of going onto you know of handling different app stores, different you know, distribution to different app stores, different platforms and so forth already is quite difficult. You add in extra fees, it's really easy to imagine a lot of developers thinking, actually we'll just stick with just Apple's Apple's process, which, you know, at the risk of um using an analogy from kind of the indie publishing um route kind of you know indie book publishing um there's a you know big kind of debate going going wide so publishing your book on lots of different platforms versus going exclusive which is Amazon. Amazon dominates the 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 fiction and certainly the ebook space, and you can only be on like Kindle Unlimited if you're only exclusive to amazon and on the one hand, yeah, broadening yourself and putting your, yourself putting your work out there on a multitude of different platforms means that more audiences can get them because some consumers have have you know strong feelings about certain platform holders you know there are people and- who refuse to buy from Amazon, but then equally. Managing and I'm thinking particularly for indie developers and smaller studios, the nature of managing releasing a game on loads of different stores and tracking your sales across different stores and marketing and making sure everything's working, customer service, etc. It can be a nightmare. So focusing on one store and one dominant store does seem the easier option. And it's it's it, it, it's, it, it yeah. might be
1: easier, but if discoverability is tough as well, you know, you're talking yeah. The more the more this is the thing I always used to people talk back in the day when I talk about how and I, people talk about how there's so many games, too many games out this year this year last year and there were, and there were people particularly people said, wasn't, there were tons of games out in 2008 and I went yeah but there were like a like 100 different game retailers <laughs> just, where you, can, you, know, you can't get shelf space in that store maybe you can get shelf space in this store and there's loads mm. of them you could go to if you couldn't get shelf space on Steam well goodbye right and, it, and, it, and, I, and I, just, I just think uh, we need to see stronger competition in that field, field I agree I agree but absolutely yeah, yeah I understand it, you know if they frustrate the process people mm. just won't do it and, and, but I, you know I just think eventually the, the 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 regulators are going to break this down. It's just um, yeah, it's just the Apple for, or Apple will resist and push back against it as long as they can.
0: It's going to be interesting to see because obviously this is only specific to Europe for now. If this is not a, like a worldwide change to iOS, so actually give it a few years and depending on you know, when other app stores establish themselves, we might be able to have like kind of direct comparison of right the us market is still kind of ios only app store only and you know there's no third party stores how well are games faring there compared to europe where you've got epic and xbox and so forth
1: yeah there's resistance happening in all the countries yeah you might there you is might, yeah you, you, there might is see, resi- you might see it staggered yeah
0: yeah, it's it's staggered. It's like those staggered periods might just give us some interesting comparisons. So, um, other big story this week I wanted to discuss was uh, Microsoft. Microsoft is the latest to announce widespread mass layoffs. Nineteen hundred staff um, across various divisions of its business, nearly nine percent of uh, its gaming employees actually, so, you know across its kind of gaming and Xbox business. Um, Among that we've seen Mike Ibarra has left as Blizzard Entertainment's president. He's been replaced by, uh, is he Johanna? Johanna? Johanna. Johanna Ferries. I apologize to Johanna or Johanna if I've got that wrong but point is we've got um, uh, Johanna is now uh, president of Blizzard Entertainment which is brilliant kind of new leadership. She previously um, was general manager of Call of Duty so kind of uh, really kind of interesting experience there. Um, the, The fallout from Microsoft the Microsoft layoffs has been interesting. Obviously we're still getting, you know, drips and drabs of information as to which studios have been affected. It's believed that the majority of them have been the duplicate positions across Activision Blizzard. So obviously you know, Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition got completed just in October. That kind of, I think Chris, you and I were talking about this years ago of how, you know, Microsoft already has a publishing team, for example, and then Bethesda has a publishing yeah. team, which it bought, and then Activision Blizzard has two publishing teams. That's four publishing teams in one company. There's a lot of kind of overlap and crossover there, and this is, as, as horrible as this sounds, this feels like a necessary streamlining. I don't want to see 1,900 people losing their job to, to streamline well, a business, but... it wasn't
1: necessary. They didn't need to buy the company. Like, no, I, that's I, true. I, no. I, 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 I'm sort of... I, I was... I've got. I've been hammered online by by Xbox fans, which I don't. I tend to ignore them, but because I've been a little bit skeptical of this consolidation, and the reason why I'm skeptical well, there's a few reasons. One, because I was always a bit like, I don't like this deal. Um, was because when when you, as you quite rightly pointed out, when you there's Activision Blizzard's huge, and Microsoft have bought things that they really need. Right, they've bought mobile development and IP, they've bought PC development and IP. You know, really strong PC studio in Blizzard. And um, and they've bought Call of Duty, which could boost Game Pass and offers, but loads of opportunities for them on a global level. But they've also bought a load of stuff they don't need, right? Mm. And I don't just and sometimes sometimes acquisitions. That's just the accounts department. I'm sorry for any accountants out there. It's just the accounts department. Sometimes it's you know you mentioned publishing divisions. Obviously, you need a bigger publisher when you've got more games, uh, but you don't necessarily need three heads of PR and mm. you know three people talking to IGN about the same game, um, uh, or if you're Warner Brothers, you have to talk to IGN at all. But the um, the um, but the, 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 the sort of, um, uh, uh, so it, I always thought there's always, a, they're going to close stuff, but here's the thing. Microsoft likes limited integration. So I was optimistic that they wouldn't happen for a while and limited integration means they just sort of leave them alone. But the thing is, as soon as the numbers start going down or they fear the numbers are going to go down, you can, you will expect that the acts will fall. and you can easily see where they can cut. You can easily see they can reduce that publishing mm-hmm. team or, you know, I, also the game they canceled from Blizzard, is it Odyssey or whatever it's code names or something like that, um, Uh, i can't remember what it's called exactly but but the um you know you know i'm sure blizzard and activision are working on games that actually are quite similar to games that microsoft might be working on or Mm. you know that's maybe they're not but you know there'll be things they were like you know we there's things we can cut here but as i say if the numbers are going up they probably would have left it alone but the numbers aren't going up and things are tough and that's when the axe is falling and it was always like this was always going to happen at some point um whether it was you know been three months of the deal going through or or a year Mm. or whatever and um and it's it's frustrating. Obviously, I appreciate that you know Microsoft felt that it needed it to, to in order to compete more strongly, and may, maybe that's true. But I just I don't like consolidation on this level for these sort of reasons. Um, yeah. And um, and it's um, and it's such a shame. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, and it's it's Microsofts. You know, it, it, they're sort of. It, you know they're not hiding behind how tough it is out there in the market and unless we're tough out there i think it's worth pointing out that it's 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 the sustainability of this industry it just isn't sustainable we spent <laughs> too much money and we, we in, and in, we increased everyone's salaries and then the inflation went up so we have to increase everything again and costs have gone up and we're not revenue it actually in real terms is down actually when you think about how much costs have got you know how, how much how much you know inflation has gone up you know the amount of re- revenue increases we're seeing it's not it's not matching that it is we're in a position where you kind of have to. um uh, We just I think we need to be a more sustainable industry. It's just that we went through this pain, this period of such excess that this period of pain is so extreme. And I hope I don't know I believe in fact I'm confident that by the end of it we'll have a far more sustainable business where everyone can feel a bit more secure in their jobs mm-hmm. and they can see the profitability of their companies and that you know once we're through this nightmare. Um, the industry will be looking up again and hopefully in a far more mature and wiser fashion it's but i mean that all well, that's cold comfort at the minute isn't it
0: yeah massively um i kind of want to dig a little deeper into a couple of bits around this one um which is you mentioned like you know the, the numbers are going up and the numbers are not going up etc there's been uh, a little bit of kind of two plus two equals five maths going on recently um one is that uh, a lot of people kind of presented i, I understand the optics of it etc but a lot of people kind of presented this as you know Microsoft lays off 1900 people when the the company's market cap passed three trillion it is one of if not the yeah. most valuable companies you know most most wealthy companies in the world absolutely that's a terrible look but equally they'll have looked at this on you know like the, the gaming if you look specifically at Microsoft gaming division because you know that that three million you know uh, three trillion cap that's come from the rise in AI and all the kind of non-gaming stuff that Microsoft does. So I think there's a, a slight leap of logic there, personally.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I sort of... When I see those sort of comments, which is about, like, you know, the company's making loads of money, um, uh, why, why do they keep these... Why do, you know, why are they making these cuts? I'm a bit like, well, because they're businesses. They're not your friends. And I, hmm. and I, I know, I know oh, yeah. Brendan, Brendan wrote this opinion piece. and I, You know, your boss might be your friend and the people around you might be friends, but the business isn't your friend. The hmm. business is a business. And if you're not needed right it doesn't matter how much the company's making they're not going to keep you on because it's it's a it's a it's and i know that games we're passionate people we love our jobs and we love what we do and i love Mm. my job and i love what i do but i don't love read pop i don't hate read pop either read pop is a corporate conglomerate that will lay me off the moment they don't need me and and i will always remember that and it's actually quite freeing to remember that um Mm. and and it's and it's and i yeah so i sort of see that and i'm like yeah but they're not going to just keep a load of staff on they don't need just for the sake of they might, you know, the boss might forget that they've got staff they don't need if all the numbers are going up. But as soon as their department's not hitting their targets, then things need to sort of move and yeah. So yeah I I I understand it's again it looks, a te- it looks terrible and it's a it's, poor it's, headline,
0: the, but, it's the it's the optics isn't it yeah but like the the last thing I wanted to discuss was um there's reports rumors etc I don't believe any of this has been confirmed that um a large part of what was affected by the 1900 cuts was Microsoft's publishing division that actually handles getting games into physical retail and physical mm. distribution of games and this has been combined with rumors of a digital only another digital only Xbox coming out etc um, I kind of want to get your thoughts obviously. On again.
1: So I was told by a major publisher about just before Christmas that across Europe, several retailers have started just not listing Xbox anymore. Right. Right. So they've just stopped stocking Xbox games because the digital the Xbox is such a digital console. Now mm. that physical performance of Xbox games is really low, and ultimately, when you're selling a console that most people are just downloading games for, it doesn't really benefit the retailer very much. Because the margin on hardware is often quite small. So um, I, I wasn't able to collaborate that. I couldn't find which retailers these are, but it was a proper senior European um, publishing boss that said it to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is, yeah, Xbox is pushing away from physical, but actually I, think, mm. I don't think physical retailers are gonna care. Um, it's, you know, it, you know, They might sell the controllers and things like that, but ultimately Xbox mm. is so digital. It's, it's the, it's the, when you think of PC and mobile being digital dominated, um, Xbox isn't that far behind anymore. Mm. Um, PlayStation's a little further behind, and Nintendo's a little bit further behind that. But it, it, it's um, it's such a digital dominant console, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of these moves are just necessary. You know, you don't need you don't need as many people. You know, focusing on box shifting when ultimately fewer retailers are stocking your products.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm gonna wrap us up there because I think we are
1: once again. Bordering the, on. The, these microcasts are becoming increasingly less micro with every it passing really week. <laughs>
0: for which we apologise. Um, thank you so much for joining me again, Chris. It's uh, always, always a pleasure to start off our week like this, even though it's Tuesday. And I uh, really appreciate you coming to this on your day off. Go away and do some non work now.
1: Uh, um, I'm cleaning the house.
0: <laughs> that sounds delightful. I Screw it then. Let's go for another hour. What do you reckon? <laughs> Um, thank you all for listening or watching you can find the previous microcasts on the podcasting platform of your choice along with the actual full blown GamesIndustry.biz podcast we are revamping our full length show more on that in in the weeks to come don't expect that anytime soon but we are going to be back next Monday Monday not Tuesday we're going to be back next Monday with the next microcast and you can as always get more news insight and analysis into the world behind video games at GamesIndustry.biz.